right, my good folks, welcome back to the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. I'm your host, CL The Source. Thank you once again for tuning in to yet another episode. Today, I got a special guest with me. He is a published author, and he is currently residing out in Southern South Carolina. And I have the pleasure today to sit and chat with a real cool dude. I, I told him off air that I just appreciate his energy. The back and forth with our communication was real dope. I could sense the vibrancy. Um, and I really, after doing a deep dive into what he does, appreciate his work. And I'm really excited to get into it with him today. Today, I'm, I'm presenting to you my man, Maurice McFadden. How you doing, Mar- Maurice? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I appreciate it, man. Thank you um, for um, inviting me, man, on your show, bro. Oh, absolutely, man. It's, it's a pleasure, and I'm, I'm excited to have you here, and thank you for lending your time, man. Um, I know that you must have a lot going on with the pushing the book and everything like that, and, uh, you know, I, I want the audience to kind of get a chance to know you, as well as me, too. I want to get to know you a little bit more. Can you tell us a little bit more of your background on kind of how you guys started, where you're from, um, and how you got into the, into the book industry? Um, basically I got into the book industry about, it's actually what, 10 years this year. Um, I started writing, um, maybe about 15 years ago. Um, but I never put out a book. Um, I I know a sister that lives out in LA. Uh, she gave me a call and was like, yo, bro, we need to do this book together. And I'm like, I don't want to be no writer though. You know what I'm saying? But she, what she did, I didn't know was she sent that book to a publishing company. And they called me and I turned the book down like two or three times because I didn't want to write a book. So three years later, which was like 2011, um, I said, yeah, I'll write the book. Um, but by that time, she, she didn't want to write no more. So I wrote a book with a publishing company that, um, and this is a good thing I want to you know, let people know, be careful when you're dealing with publishing companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I got down with the publishing company and um, it was, it was a, just a big sham, you know, the, the, the book didn't do well. Um, I didn't have, I, I, I didn't have to pay, but for me to get out the deal, I had to pay to get out the deal. So you got to be careful when you're dealing with these publishing companies, these little small ones. So I had to pay to get out the deal. Um, so then I got picked up by a company out of California to, um, um, it's called Hay House, mm-hmm. uh, Lucille Hay. Uh, but they got a subsidiary called Balboa Press. And I got picked up by Balboa Press in 2012. And um, I came out with my first book, uh, Strength Like Yours, which is a poetry collection. And that book came about, um, I wrote that book. Um, the main poem was called Strength Like Yours about my mother. Um, because she had lupus, um, she had breast cancer, um, my mother raised three kids by herself. Um, so that was a that was a powerful book that I wrote right then. And then, then eight years later, coming to now, um, I released um, my first kids book. Um, and that book is called uh, Blessings Off of Dogs Too. And that book was inspired by me adopting my um, Cocker Spaniel Oliver. So basically I put that in the motion that I wanted to tell his story about how um, a dog finds a family and be blessed um, by finding that family. And um, most of my stuff is real talk. So people understand it. It's not made up. It's not fake. And I think that's the most real thing for me is um, writing about things that that are real. So I wrote his story about how I adopted him. I just changed the characters in in the book. Um, I mean, the main character, Malik, which is my son, which is his real name. Um, then I added my nieces and my nephews in the book. And, and in the book, it's Mark, uh, Markel, Malik, Morgan, and Miles. Um, and those are all my nieces and my nephews. And um, that's how the book came about with the kids' book. That's incredible, man. And I, I, I definitely want to open that up a bit more and learn more about the process and what got you into creating the kids book and before we do that though I'm curious how did you get into writing itself like were you always like a writer when you were younger did you enjoy writing was that something that was like uh, uh you were passionate about earlier on um basically I started writing in um in California uh when I was in the military 
um, my daughter's mother sent me a letter and I put that into poetry. Um, so when I got out, I started doing music and um, I was in the music business for 25 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was writing for a lot of different people in the industry. And then when I left the music business, I was like, yeah, what am I going to do with myself now? Because, you know, the music business changed since the 80s and 90s. You know, it's, it's a whole new generation. Um, so I said, what am I going to do? Um, and like I said, I had all of this stuff written down, but I never wanted to be a writer, you know? So all of that stuff that I had, the poetry, the songs that I never put out or certain things like that, I just transitioned all that stuff into poetry. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, man. You know, cause I, I could see the connection with the music industry and the, the book industry. It's, it's a creative space. Uh, space and it's a creative outlet and i'm curious about the transition from the music industry to the to the book industry um what are some of the biggest differences um the biggest difference you know i mean royalty wise it's about the same it's not i mean you don't you don't make a lot of money you know what i'm saying it's not you know you ain't getting no big no upfront royalty checks you know what i'm saying like you did in the music business um the hustle is a little bit different than the music business, you know, especially in the era that I came up in, you know, in the eighties and the nineties music business, you get out there and you, you, you pop the trunk, you sold your CDs or your tapes, you know, out the back of your trunk. Um, that hustle is still the same now, as far as that. Um, but now with the transition of um, the internet, you know, um, everything, oh man, this, this internet thing is lovely. I, you don't know it is it, it is it's phenomenal how far you can reach um now uh compared to what making music and, and running out there hustling and you know trying to travel to california or travel here and there when you can just do it over the internet right now and just reach the masses without even leaving your house you know what i'm saying so that that's the most that's the best blessing that it, um, comes out of this now you know I agree 100%. I mean, look at what we're doing right now, right? It's, it's right here on our phones, on our computers. And, and you're in S- South Carolina. I'm out here in San Francisco, California. It's incredible what technology has to offer us. And if we really use it right, we can do some incredible things, man. And, uh, man, you know, now I want to get into your book a little bit more, man. Um, blessings are for do- uh, for dogs, too. I love the story of you adopting and, and rescuing your dog, Oliver. and Tell me about that process. What what got you motivated to even adopt a dog? Because a lot of people will, you know, they'll go to a dog breeder or they'll get a, a dog, you know, that, that have puppies. But what made you want to go get a dog from the pound? Well, truthfully, I didn't at first. Um, I was at work. I used to work for Lowe's. And um, a guy came in and he wanted to buy a door. And um and I told him, I said, yo, what you need a door for? He said, um, I got dogs, man. They keep tearing the door up. I was like, oh, I said, man, I'm looking for a dog. And this, now let me tell you about the blessing right here. You know what I'm saying? God throws things at you unexpectedly. You know what I'm saying? He puts it right in front of you and you don't never see it. Um, I wasn't looking for a dog. I just, I talked it up. And um, he said, um, well, I got, a, I got a kennel with dogs. You know, and he said, I train them. He said, I look for people to adopt them. So I said, and, and I'm, I'm laughing at him. I'm like, you serious? You know, I'm like, I ain't got to pay for it. And he was like, nah, just come on out. Wow. So I went out and I looked at several dogs, man. I looked at several dogs. And at that time I had dreads. Um, so after I seen the several dogs, Oliver came out and he was all matted up with dreads, looked like me. So I said, I said, that's the dog I want right there. That's the dog. I, I kneeled down. And, and, and in the book, I put in the book that the little boy Malik kneels down. The same thing I did. I kneeled down. He came to me. And it was love at first sight. And the guy said, look, let me clean him up. Come back the next day, pick him up. I came back the next day. And, um, and me and him, me and him rode out, you know, took him home, um, you know, and adopted dogs are funny because, you know, he, I'm saying he probably was about three years old. I didn't get him as a pup. He's about three years old. So we had to 
you know, get to get to know each other, uh, break them in. Um, when I first got him, he didn't like females. So any female that came to my house, it was like, dog, we're not playing that. Uh, this is my master now. You know, it's just me and him. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a, a transition of uh, you can't jump on the couch, not being in the bed, you know, so I had to go through that battle of uh, just, you know, you can't jump, you got to stay on the floor, sleep in your um, your little um, bed and all of this stuff. But man, it was, it was the best 12, 12 years of my life that I had him, man. Um, uh, he just, um, the book came out in July of this year, of last year. He passed away in April. Yeah. Rest in peace to Oliver, man. It's 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 such a beautiful experience to have a dog. And listening to you talk about the instant connection and that bond that you had with him from Jump Street is so cool, man. Because a lot of times, especially dogs that are being rescued, they have trust issues with who they're going to go to, and they had it has to be an energy that's reciprocated. I feel like in order for it to be a, a successful, healthy pairing and relationship between the dog and the owner, of course, too. And um, to hear that story, it really, it really lights me up, man, because I have a special place for dogs myself, man. We have a dog ourselves at, at, at my family's house, my dad's house. And uh, man, I, the love I have for my dog is, is indescribable. It's, it's not like any other love. It's, it's a different type of connection because they're so, they're always, no matter what's going on in life, they're always happy to see you, even if they're not feeling the best. They're always so happy to see you. And I can imagine, based on the description that you gave with Oliver, man, like he he was just a joy to be around. And that story you told when you had the dreads and he kind of was matted up and he looked like he had dreads, that's so cool, man. And who did the artwork for the book, man? I'm curious. It's funny, man. I had been – I looked through three people, bro. I had – um. I was living in the state of Virginia at the time, man. And I had, I, I'm, I had two different art people that I dealt with because I was trying to make the book more realistic. I wanted the, the, the kids to look like my kids. I wanted the book to look like Oliver himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but a young lady told me about Fiverr. Now, anybody that don't know Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, yo, this place is the best website ever i mean on there you can do copyrights you could do um illustration you can find somebody to do music and what it is is people on there that sell their services for whatever you want on there um so i I found a young lady um out in pakistan never met her never talked to her i sent her my ideas because what I did, let me go back a little bit. What I started to do when I when I thought about the book, um, I got the name because I, I, one day I just sat with God and I said, I said, you know, Oliver's been adopted. He'd been abused. He was returned. Um, and the reason why he didn't like women was because he had been abused by his two owners who were women. So that was the reason why it was a little transition with him around females. But what I did, I started, I took a, um, a, a, a sketch pad and I started taking live pictures of him, my, my son and different things. And that, that's how I started putting the book together as far as taking live pictures. Oh. So, and then I started writing down what I wanted, the, the, you know, the, the book, you know, the whole concept of the book to be. So when I sent it to the young lady out in Pakistan, I just took the pictures of it and I sent it to her. And then when she sent me the first draft of the book cover, um, I was like, this is not what I wanted. But when we started doing the book and, and she did everything together, it just came out so beautiful the way she did it. And then she gave, I, she gave suggestions to things in the book that I didn't even think about. Like she got, there's a scene in the book that she had Oliver on a skateboard and the, the Malik is on a skateboard. So they had the skate park. Um, I didn't think of that. She thought of that. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. I like that. It was so dope when the book, she finished the book. I did the coloring book. The coloring book wasn't even in the aspect of me doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you know what? Kids love to read, but they love to color even more, especially the younger kids. So that's the concept. Because like I said, I was only doing the actual book. But once I saw it, I said, let's do the coloring book. 
And then the fiber is not expensive. Like if you get a real artist, you understand what I'm saying? You can work deals out on there for like, I think between that and the coloring book, maybe I spent $600 with her. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to trademark the name. I own the name Blessings Off of Dogs too. You know? So I, I got that off of Fiverr. So anybody looking for artwork, music, and different things like that, definitely go to Fiverr. Agree. I, I've used Fiverr several times myself, and it's a, a hell of a marketplace where you can connect with a lot of people that do a lot of great work. And like you said, for for very affordable rates you can negotiate deals and everything like that and thank you man for you know giving us some insight into the creative process of you creating this book because that was so interesting to hear how everything kind of just came together when you started with an idea you kind of put the wheels in motion uh started working with artists from pakistan like you mentioned and then at first it wasn't really what you wanted and then you kind of worked with her and and developed idea the coloring book and to see where it's at right now, that's that's really dope, and it's and it's out right now. And I'm I'm curious, man. Um, with with books, man, because I actually have ambitions of of writing a book myself, at least one before my time is up on this earth. It's it's on my bucket list. And uh, I'm I'm curious, man. How um, what was what would be the first thing you would tell somebody if when they were to get started? Um, the, the first thing is, is really learn the business um, and make sure you copyright everything, you know, and that's the main thing, just like being in the music business. Um, never, I would never, never turn over anything that you write to anyone without it being copyrighted. Uh, you have a lot of companies, like my first company, they copy, um, wrote my book for me and sent me the paperwork. Um, but I, I, won't, I don't do that anymore with any other publishing companies or anybody. Before I send any manuscript to anybody, um, copyrighted. And now with the copyright laws, it's, it's way better. Um, before you had to do everything by paper, and you only could do like a certain amount. Um, and now it's cheaper for you. And, and, and be careful with the copyright thing because it's crazy. Because now it's more expensive, but then it's cheap. If you send in a paper copy of it. It's two hundred and twenty-five dollars. If you do it online, now this is the catch: do it online. It's forty dollars. Mm. That's a big money difference: two hundred and twenty-five dollars to forty dollars. So just make sure that you copyright and be careful with these publishers out here because you have pop-up publishers. I've had people call me crying, saying, "Hey, I got down with this publisher. He stole my rights." You know, I got the book out and I ain't getting no money. I ain't seeing no checks. So you got to be careful with, you know, publishing companies. Like I said, I've been lucky. I've been real lucky um, off the first publishing company, um, Balboa Press. Um, I got paid every twice a year, just like the music business. Now I'm with a company out of Atlanta now called Mind Matters uh, Publishing. And with their thing, is even better than the deal I had before because I have a distribution deal. Mm-hmm. And the distribution deal is very important, just like the music business. That's how your books get out there worldwide. With my distribution deal, I'm in all the Barnes and Nobles, Books of Millions, the Amazons. Um, I can be picked up in mom and pop stores. Um, but it, and, then, and this is another thing they don't tell you in a book company. For a lot of these mom and pop stores and these different stores, they won't even carry your book or think about carrying your book if you do not have a distribution deal through Ingram Sparks. So that's very important when writing books um, because you'll be like, oh, I, can I get my book in a store? If you don't have a distribution deal through Ingram Sparks, you're not getting your book in any stores at all. Wow. Well, you know, it's so interesting to hear that. Um, the industry has some shady characters like that. And you know what? As I think about it, I'm, it's not surprising either because almost any industry you go in, you're going to you know, run into some characters that might not always have your best interest or might be looking to come up on you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's really unfortunate, man. But I, I think that's really good, valuable information for me because eventually when I do, I do got to kind of be aware of who I'm kind of messing with, you know, who I'm making deals with because, you know, 
you never know what could happen, but that's uh, that's very valuable. So I really appreciate that, man. Now, I'm curious with this book, man, how's it doing so far with the kids? How are, how are they liking everything so far, man? Yo, the kids, the kids are loving it, bro. And, you know, um, the Internet, like I said, is it, just so great. You know, I don't know how many people get on Instagram and get on Facebook, but when I did my my Instagram, um, my um, Facebook page, I had my regular page, the author Maurice page, but then I I, I did a page um on um, Maurice McFadden books. Got you. So on that page, when you do those type of pages, the business pages, you can you can put the same things you put on Instagram. You know, and that's another thing. Make sure that when you when you post stuff, you post it on Instagram, your regular page, and your business page. Now, on your business page, they got something called Boost now. So if you pay like $10 for five days, $12 for seven days, it's according to how many days you want to push it, and you hit Boost. Now, what this does, this hits 500 to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. All the way to six thousand ten. How many? However many people that you want to do with that boost, it hits them, and they don't have to be friends of yours. So you have people um, looking at your product that you don't know, and then then they'll join. You put make sure you put your website everything on there. Um, but I mean, I've had I've had teachers from Illinois, Arkansas calling me from schools to have me, you know, donate the books to them and uh, stuff like that. Um, I have my book in Africa. Wow. Um, I just got a write-up out of um, Upwards. Uh, it's called Upwards, U-P Words, W-R-D-S Magazine. Um, and it is, they just came out with an article on me February 1st, um, and they're out in India, Calcutta, India. So now my, my product is in India, the UK, Nigeria, um, and just like I met you, I met this brother over the internet, you know, um, and then we just connected, and um, he wrote an article up on me. Um, so, like I said, the book is doing real, real great, man, because like I said, it, it's receptive to kids, and, um, you know, it's talking about a dog, and, and, and it's a love for animals, and, and the, another reason why I wrote the book people love animals like people love animal more than people <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i mean now yo you can go to jail for it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know you, you saw what happened to michael vick and, and certain people that if you do animal cruelty like you're going to jail mm-hmm. so i mean it, it's real serious you know on the way you treat your dog i mean now when it's cold outside you can't leave your dog outside you know, that's a violation and you and you'll get a ticket or you going to prison for that. So it's real serious. Oh, that's 100, man. Absolutely. And it's uh, and I'm glad it's that way, too, because animals most oftentimes they can't defend themselves, you know, and it's just like I think there's a uh, there's some folks out there that they get abusive towards the animal because they got a lot of stuff in their life and they just use the animal to lash out or just, you know what I mean, use them as. Uh, a punching bag and it's it's it ain't right because that that ain't what they're there for man you know what i'm saying animals like i've, I've always said this man dog is, is just god spelled backwards man <laughs> and, and i really right. feel like there's such a gift to us and sometimes man it's just like it's just like man i feel like we don't even deserve dogs sometimes how good they are to us they treat us so well and they don't really ask for much in return man you know what i'm saying they just beat themselves and just they live in the moment. They just enjoy life. And it's it's such a blessing, man. How did you come up with the name Blessings Are For Dogs, too? Like, that, I'm curious about that. I was just sitting down one day, and um, I, I tried to think out the box, man. You know, growing up, my mother was like, yo, you, you always doing something, like taking it to another level or something. And I, I never really thought, I never really thought about it. Um, but when I was sitting down one day and I was just talking to God and I was like, I wonder do dogs think about things? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when you're looking at a dog, you, 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 a dog, if he could talk, he'd probably be cursing you out. He'd probably be saying some things to you. You don't know because they can't talk. So I was just wondering, I was just sitting down saying, yo, I wonder do dogs have blessings? You know? And I'm like, well, they, they, they do have blessings because 
when people go and adopt them, that's a blessing right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you, and you can see the way they're wagging their tails. They're happy. They see the excitement. So I just put it in the form, if people can have blessings, dogs can too. Animals can too. You know? So that's how the name came up. Like I said, just thinking out of the box, you know? And it's a great title too, man. I really like it. And it's it's super attractive in terms of just, it, it, I feel like it'll grab your eye. Say I'm like going through the bookshelves with my kid and we're just like looking for books and I see this book. I'm going to be like, I want to give this to my kid right here. Like my son, my, my daughter, because it's blessings are for dogs too. And it, it may, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I'll even take it a step further, Maurice, man. I feel like with dogs, even even something small smaller than getting adopted, they could be wherever they're at and find something that'll entertain them, find something that will make them happy. I mean, these are the dogs that aren't abused and all that stuff, right? Like a fresh dog, like that that's new to the world. They're still so they're, they're like stimulated by even the smallest things, man. Obviously, I've seen dogs that are, you know, have been abused, and it's unfortunate to see. And you see that they're just they look like they're depressed, man. They look like they're they you know. They're just not thrilled. Like I went to one time specifically, as I'm telling this story, I have this vision in my head. I was at a, it was in LA, actually. I was going, I was at an adoption center and all these dogs were running around and playing, you know, looking to, you know, the new dogs were looking to get, uh, to get uh, adopted by folks. But then some of the dogs that have been there for a while, you could tell they've been there for a while because they were just sitting under the table. They just knew like it wasn't going to be their day. Like they just felt like, I've been seeing this every day. I've been trying to get adopted for so long. And that like that vision literally breaks my heart because it's got to take so much to kind of shatter the, shatter the spirit of a dog because they're just so lively. You know, most oftentimes when you think of dogs, they're running around, they're happy, they're playing with a stick, a ball, something as simple as that, man. And to 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 really like wound their spirit like that, something really, really wrong must have been done to them. And you know, that's why like your book with your title, it stands out to me because you're right. Blessings are for dogs and every, every good dog needs a home. Every dog needs a home, man. You know, like it's, uh, it breaks my heart when, when I wish I could adopt all dogs and all animals, but you know, that, right. that's, that's not the reality of things, you know what I'm saying? But um, I think your book is going to raise a lot of awareness because you, you did some, you know, you adopted your dog. And like I said, prior to us talking, like not many people do that, man. A lot of people want these, you know, these fancier looking dogs, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll go to breeders and stuff like that. And they forget about the dogs that, that really need that love the most, man. And I'm so glad that you guys did that. How was that for your kids? Uh, you know, adopting a dog rather than getting a dog, you know, when they were puppies. Well, I mean, for my kids, my kids are older, but um, I'll say for my family, it, um, man, it, it, he met my mother, you know, I, I'm from New York. So I go, I used to go home to New York and, um, and just fell in love with my mother. You know, um, he met the, you know, my, all my uncles, aunts. And then when he did meet my kids, he was one of them dogs that's, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you all the time. I'm going to hang out with them. Forget you, you know? He would forget about me because that's how close. And, and, with, and, and I mean, my mother loved him so much. She just passed away in 2017, God rest her soul. But I mean, she went all out. That, that was her grandson. And you know how parents are with, with dogs. You know, that's the grandson. You know, people are carrying the dogs around with them now. Um, I used to be a guy that said, I'm never putting my dog in a car. You know, then next thing, I, if I open the door, Oliver, he's jumping in that car, yo. We jump on, we jump on the highway. We going to New York, you know. He when we, he sees the George Washington Bridge, yo, he knows he's in New York. But um, he 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 brought an excitement to my whole family and anybody that he met. He brought an excitement to. Um, one year, my mother bought him a coat, so I opened the box. I'm like, oh, this. Let me see what this coat. My mother bought him a Shirley. Now, anybody that knows when you you cold, you buy a Sherling, you know. I mean, this is an expensive coat. And I'm like, yo, how much did you pay for this coat? He's a dog. And she's like, no, that's my grandson. He deserves the best. So um, that, that's the energy that he gave off to people. 
You know what I'm saying? Like people just, he, he, people just loved him, you know? And I never met a dog like, this dude never barked, man. That's why I love him too. Yo, he never barked unless like some, somebody was bothering him or he heard a little something, but to just constantly bark, bark, bark for no reason like some dogs do, he never did that. Never did that at all. That's awesome, man. Thank you for telling that story because it just, I had a smile on my face the whole time as you're telling that, man, because dogs tend to do that to people, right? They have this effect on you, man. Like you are a certain type of way. Like my dog too, to be honest with you, like we never owned a dog, but he, he changed all of us. I remember my grandma didn't want to get a dog. My dad didn't want to get a dog when we were younger. And, you know, because they were always afraid that like, oh, we weren't going to take care of it and blah, 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 and this and that. And then one day, I don't know, the tune of their voice changed. They're like, hey, let's get a dog. So we were like all for it. We were kids, you know, we were younger at the time. We we're like, yeah, let's, let's get a dog. And man, it, our dog literally just melted everyone's hearts. He is literally like the most lovable type of little, little creature, man. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, you might see yourself a certain type of way, but the effect that the dog has in your life can really impact you and change you in so many ways you never even thought possible, man. And uh, I love that story you told because I, I can relate on so many different levels. Now, I'm curious, man, with with your dog, um, how long of a how long of a time did it take for him to kind of get loose and get comfortable with everyone? Because I know you mentioned in the beginning um, he didn't really like women and everything like that, but how long do you think it would you would say until he kind of let his guard down again? Um, with women, it probably took him about a year. Um, with me, it took about six months for me to break him out of certain habits. Like at certain times, I couldn't even um, put my hand down to um, to mess with his food. You know, and, and that's you know, and that, but that's any dog, adopted dog or not adopted dog. Um, you just got to be careful with dogs, you know, when they get to know you, then you can start, you know, reaching down at their plates and putting food down and stuff like that. So with me, like I said, about six months with other people, maybe about a year um, before he's, you know, acclimated into that, that friendship thing, because, you know, I guess, too, he he wanted to be like, well, am I am I here to stay? Um, am I here to do things? And then, you notice certain things with dogs, just like with kids. Um, you know, when you go to hit, raise your hand at a kid or hit a kid, you know, for being bad, you, you feel that flinch or that. And you can see that in him because that's when I found out about him being abused. Um, he used to hate rolled up paper. You know how you roll paper up to, to pat a dog, hit a dog. So I, I stopped doing that because I, I saw the way he acted. Um, and, you know, dogs are funny. They, they, they're just like kids. You know, dogs know when they've done something wrong because they'll come at you and you'll be like, what you did? And then they go, they run off and hide. You'll be like, oh, yeah, you don't did something. I know you did it. But uh, it, it's just funny, man, because like, it, it's crazy, though. But to get back to why I wrote the book, too, man, and, 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 and these are the things you, the, the, the things you cross, man, when you, you meet people. I did a book signing a couple of weeks ago. And um, a young brother came up to me and said, man, I'm buying this book for my son. And uh, he said, I adopted him. So he said, I think this book will relate to him of being wanted and not wanted. Um, because the mother didn't want the little boy. Um, and, and this man and his family took in the little boy and they adopted him. Um, so he wanted the, 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 the boy to, you know, the little boy to see the, the similarities of him and Oliver and how Oliver found the loving family, man. So like I said, that's that's the importance behind the book itself, too, to be able to relate to other people. Um, um, so, so, so it's just easier for kids. Um, and, and, and another thing that I did because of Oliver and his passing, um, proceeds from the book and I have merchandise on, on my website. Um, proceeds from that, go, I give that back to adoption agencies. And I just don't do one. I started off just wanting to do one here in South Carolina. And then I noticed, man, there's so many different dog outlets um, 
you know, California, New York, everywhere. So basically what I'm trying to do now, like I said, you know, people that um, give money towards the book, towards the T-shirts, doggy bowls, whatever I have on there, um, I'm giving back so I can help other dogs like I helped Oliver out. Man, kudos to you, brother. That's that's incredible work, man. I appreciate that so much because, again, like we talked about, the dogs, they, they don't have a voice, you know what I'm saying? For, for people to do this for them, it needs to be done, you know what I'm saying? Because there are dogs out there that are getting abused, that aren't wanted, that aren't being treated properly. And people like you, with the work that you're choosing to do and the work that you're doing, it's it's really great work, man. I, I believe it's God's work, too, man. It's, it's all encompassed in, in God's work, and it's a beautiful thing to do. I'm curious, man, from a, from a personal standpoint for you, you know, because it seems to me like you wrote this book in memory, in honor, and in homage of your of your dog Oliver. Um, how did it feel for you in the process to write this book, man? Um, it felt good. Um, it just took a long time. Um, like I said, I started this book about maybe six years ago. Um, but I've learned in the process of life, man, that it's um, it's all in God's timing. Um, I probably wouldn't have got the reception that I get, I've gotten for the book when it came out. Um, the state of mind I was in as, as a person, um, it wasn't the right time. You know, um, I was saved, but I'm not as saved as I was now. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's all in God's timing. You have a lot of people that try to rush things and rush things and rush things. And they wonder why it's not successful because it's not in God's timing. It just wasn't that timing for that. You know, you, 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 like I said, with this book right here, and, and then I see the elevation in my writing and then the elevation in the response of my writing. I mean, I've had professors call me and tell me how great the book one of my best friends he's a professor and he called me and was like bro the way you put this book together is phenomenal any way or anything you need me to do give you reviews push it out there um I, I called my daughter I told her to buy it for the grandkids so when you see the elevation of everything that happens around you, and, 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 my, and my motto is, and I tell people this, is when you dream, dream big, because dreams do come true. You know what I'm saying? But certain things in life, it's just God's timing. You know, you, you just got to sit back and, and wait. And nobody wants to wait. You know, this is, this is the microwave era. You know, you put it in the microwave, pop it out, you won't just want to be successful. You know, and this is my third book per se, with the first two being a revision and then coming out again. But you just got to wait and just wait. And this book is doing well. It might not be a top 10 seller, but who knows what, what other plans God had for me? Because, like I said, when I trademark the name Blessings Off of Dogs 2, I did that because I plan on doing a series to this book. The next one I have coming out. Next, probably I'm, I'm dropping the next kid's book, hopefully November of 2022. And that's called Blessings Off of Dogs 2, First Christmas. So I'm just going to put that in a Christmas form now and do the same thing I did with the first book. I'm using my, I'm using, I'm putting my mother in the book now. You know, she's passed away, but I'm putting her name in the book and using other aspects of my family for Christmas. Um, so, and then I'm going to keep on going with, with, with the, the books. Like I said, I want it to be a series. You know, it's, 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 it's something that's going to live on forever. Like I said, you're going to always hear the title Blessing Off for Dogs too, but there will be a subtitle underneath that. Mm, man, I'm excited about that for you, man. That's, that's so dope. It's so cool to be able to connect with you because I can sense that you are such a creative person, man. You, you, uh, I can already see it just in the way you explain yourself and you explain the story and, and, and the process of doing it. You're taking me through the entire steps of the process. And you're also just kind of, I'm, I'm seeing the way your mind works and I can really see you bringing it to life because you really strike me as a man of action, man. And you know, you wouldn't be where you're at right now with your book and, and, and your other book. 
if he weren't a man of action, if he weren't a man of God too, right? So it's really, really, really dope to see, man. And I'm excited for, for everything else you got going for you. And I'm excited about the impact that it's doing for the kids too, because that story you told about the young brother that bought it for his um, adopted son. Wow. That's a powerful story, man, because sometimes, man, you know, I know that feeling when you're feeling like lost or just not wanted or you don't belong. You know, I can imagine what that kid's going through and his dad by the divine kind of power to just be connected to your book and pass that book along to his kid to create a bond. That's special, man. That's really special, man. How does it make you feel with the work that you're doing, man, in terms of like being able to help help people do that type of stuff, man? Um, it, it makes you feel good, bro. You know, um, you know, remember my mom's man, my mother was a school teacher for like 30 some years. Mm. And um, you know, I don't know people that, you know, parents are into like different organizations and and I never knew why my mom gave her time so much to certain things like that. You know what I'm saying? But when she passed away, man, I just saw the love, um, the inspiration, um, the, the kids that she had raised who came to her funeral. And 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 then I, I wasn't selfish no more, you know, about how she took her time to put into other people. Um, and then I, you know, and I thought about that, man. I said, yo, that's the impact of my writing and my life's work that I want to be an impact on people's lives. Um, it's not about the money. It's not about fame. Um, it's the impact, you know, and, and, and the legacy I leave behind because I, I don't do this for me. You know, I do this for my kids. I do this for my grandkids um, to leave a foundation for them to know that, you know, things are possible and you can do it if you put, you set your mind to it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it's not easy out here in, in this world, man. It's, this world is, is real, real um, finicky. And, you know, I, I've lived in the, um, I've lived in the world, you know, and it, it's, 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 um, it can be cruel. <laughs> you could be real, real cruel, and you gotta have something, bro. You got, you gotta have something that's um, it, it's just crazy because in my first book, and um, not to get off the subject of the kids' book, man, but I talk about this young sister that took her life, the Miss Miss USA young lady with with, with mental health. Um, you know, things like that is real, real serious. You know, and I wrote about that in my first book, man, my poetry book. I had a poem called "I Take My Life." And my mother hated that poem, but I didn't write the poem for people to hate. I wrote the poem because that's how I was feeling at that time, that I wanted to take my life. But instead of actually doing it, I wrote it down on the paper. You know, I described the whole thing, how I'm going to do this. But, that, you know, um, but that was just a, a, to write that. And I just reposted that. And people will say, oh, my God, that, that that poem was so dope. Yo, I understand. And, you know, I'm glad you're out of that state of mind, you know, because I learned that what I write and you got to be real, real careful with what you like the music people put out, you know, the music back in the days, you know, it was like, oh, that's that music is, you know, you're telling people to kill each other. You're telling people violence and stuff. So you got to be real, real careful with what you put out. Um, and, and, and that's why, um, you know, God puts it in me, you know, look, it's, it, it's not, it's not even me. It's not even me. I do God's work through my writing, you know, um, people say, how do you come up with this? I don't come up with it. I don't come up with it. God gives it to me. I put it in the form that he wants me to put it in. And then I put it out to the people. And, 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 and if you know what I mean, it's just like the Bible or anything else. You're going to have some to receive it and you're going to have some that don't. So, I mean, and I've been lucky enough to, you know, and I've had a lot of people receive it and give it, you know, and, and give it some thumbs up. So, you know, I'm blessed off of that. That's incredible, man. That's, that's truly incredible. And thank you for sharing that personal story about the poem you wrote and, you know, talking about that and, and mental health in general, man. Um, it, it's such a, 
I, I feel like it needs to be such a priority in today's world, man. There's there's a lot of people dealing with depression, you know, anxiety, all sorts of different things that attack the brain. And when the brain ain't right, you know, not much else is right in your life, or at least it feels that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious for you, man, because um, as a writer and, and as the man that you are today, the instrument of God that you just, you just uh, define yourself as, I'm curious um, because you did also allude to the world can be a cruel place. And I, I'm well aware of that for sure. You know, life can definitely throw a lot of curveballs at you. Very challenging. Um, if you don't have the right type of mindset, it, it could really take you under. I'm curious, can you describe to me a, a, like a turning point in your life where you kind of were like, man, this is what I need to do. Like, this is my purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, is, was there a, a moment in time in your life that you can share with us? Yeah, man, I'm glad you say that. I'm glad you asked that, bro. And you, um, I'm writing a new book right now, which I'm finishing up right now. I have to have this book turned in by the 24th of this month. Um, but it's a poetry book, um, my second collection of, um, I've been writing this book for 15 years and it's called A Brother's Testimony. And it's, um, and like I said, again, it's all God's timing because I, I didn't know, I wanted to put this book out a long time ago. This book was supposed to come out before the kids book. But like I said, since I had everything so ready, God was like, it's, it's this time for this book, like right now. So that's what happened. But three years ago, I'm, you know, drinking. And um, I don't know, I had an altercation with a young lady. And, and this was a turning point in my life. Um, that night, me and her got in an argument. I cursed her out and I was so so mad at myself the next day because I couldn't remember what had happened. That night, though, I took my last drink and I poured it out. And I told God that I, I'm going to stop drinking. I don't want it no more. It's just I'm, I'm putting too much harm out there. And I never understood it. You know, I mean, I even reached out to help. You know, I, I called the military hotline, you know, for suicide and all this. I went and saw a counselor. And uh, and she was like, you're an alcoholic. You're an alcoholic. So that day right there, man, I, that day, I'll be three years clean this year. That day changed my life to where I'm at right now to put my focus on my purpose of what God wanted me to do. And I'm going to tell you how funny God works. I had a lot of people telling me, oh, you were successful with the boxing. You were successful with the music. Um, you were successful with the books. But a young old lady used to tell me in church, God got plans for you. And I never could understand it because I'm like, I'm doing well. You know, I'm doing all of this. You know, every dream that I wanted, I'm doing. But I wasn't at the level God wanted me to until I put that drink down. I took my last drink. And when I did that, bro, let me tell you something. My, my credit was not good. I was looking to move. I was living in Charlotte which I lived 30 minutes outside of Charlotte. I was living in Charlotte. I said, the rent is high. I want to buy a house. I'm going to tell you how good God is to me. I stopped drinking. God helped me clean my credit up in six months. I was in my house last year. Credit clean everything. I, went, I was able to go to the car dealership trade in my car, buy a car, and didn't have to put mo no money down because my credit was clean. Now, how God did this, I don't question him. I just know, though. And, for, and, and this is the thing that I, I tell people every day now, and I believe it more and more. I mean, I, you know, all of us, we go to church. We've been to church. But the things that God has done for me in the last three years, I know it's only God. Because I was in a terrible situation that I didn't understand. You know, I knew I drank. I knew it wasn't right, certain things that I did. But until God put, manifested to me and I sat down and looked at myself, my inner self, lying to myself about it, I was going to keep doing the same thing. And that, that was a turning point, man, three years ago, bro. Well, congratulations to you, man. I'm so incredibly happy for you to to hit that turning point and be three years sober this year, like you mentioned. And 
that is uh, incredible to to overcome that and to continue to to fight the good fight every day, man. And, and with the attitude and the energy and the spirit that you have, man, because I, I feel like what you've done by not only cleaning yourself up, you've redirected all the energy that you were putting into drinking and doing all those, like you said, harmful things that you felt you were doing at the time. And you're redirecting it into God's plan for you. You're putting that energy into your purpose. And I feel like the impact that that's having on people, like we described in this podcast, like the young brother that is buying the book, you know, for his, his adopted son, like everybody that's going to be, uh, be able to, um, to experience your work, man, that's, that's an incredible story, man. And, you know, it, it, it's so, you're right, man. God does work in mysterious ways and it's funny the way it works. And we don't always need to know how it works and how it's going to happen. Just trust that it's going to happen, right? We just got to believe and we got to be patient. We got to show up and do what we got to do, but we got to believe and be patient, man. That's uh, that's something that is a key ingredient that's missing in a lot of people's kind of process. And I, for one, am taking that from you right now, man, from you sharing that story. Sometimes I get hard on myself. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, I want it like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as I've slowed myself down, I've been able to kind of just pay attention to kind of, you know, what uh, needs to happen in order for me to get to where I want to go and just really just continue to have faith, build the faith within myself. So I'm curious for you, man. And uh, actually from you, for me, I want to know, how do you keep your faith in like the, the most crucial times and the most challenging of times, man? Well, you know, it's funny, man. I was listening to a, a, a preacher the other day um, out of New Orleans, man, um, Pastor Blake. And um, he said something about winners, bro. To be a winner, um, you, you have to change your life, your whole lifestyle, you know. And, and the most important thing of your lifestyle is what do you do when you wake up in the morning? The first thing when you put your foot on the floor. Um, in my last book, I, I had a poem called Thank God, but in, in, in those things I was writing, I was hypocritical because I was thanking God, but I was still drinking, you know, I was hiding. Um, now when I wake up in the morning, I hit the floor, man, the, the, I, I do three things every day. Um, I thank God for my house. I thank God for my car and I thank God for my job. So that's my initial, that's the first thing when I hit the floor. And I thank God for waking me up in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to put, you got to put your life, plan your life out. This is every day, you know, that's every day, um, what you do. Um, and then I look at what I have um, and, and what I did within the transition of having the nice house, the nice car, the, the nice job. Um, the accolades that come with it. I used to think that I needed those things. I don't need them. You know what I'm saying? They're just materialistic. You know, I I, I could do without them. You know, that's the most important thing because I know that God gave it to me one time, he'll give it to me again. You know, I learned that God is not a second chance God. God is a forever chance, God. God will give you uh, chances three, four, five, six, seven times. He did it for Peter. You know what I'm saying? So if you mess up one time, but 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 God is only going to let you do it for so many times. You know what I'm saying? Just don't keep doing, making mistakes and, and, and thinking that it's going to be. No, you're not. You're going you're gonna to mess. You're going you're gonna to close the window to your blessing. You know, I don't know if you know something, you know, and, and, and you hear you hear in sermons or you hear people talk about that. There's a season for everything. And sometimes people miss out on their seasons because they're doing something wrong or they procrastinate. You know what I'm saying? So don't miss your season by procrastination or doing other things like or outside people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm cool with myself now. I used to think that being saved, I wouldn't be cool no more. That'll take away from the Maurice. I used to think when I wasn't drinking, that'll take away from me. Man, let me tell you something, bro. I'm still a funny dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm still okay with my life. I'm happy with my life. You got to be happy with yourself. And when you do that, man, 
may God will do powerful things for you. Man, beautifully said, brother. Beautifully said. And thank you for the wisdom, man. You've imparted a lot of wisdom my way. And I feel like in this conversation, whoever catches wind of this is going to pick up a whole lot, man. Um, you know, your work, like I said, is incredible, man. It's it's really, I really appreciate the fact that you're choosing to do the work that you're doing and you're using your creative gifts to give it back to the world, to impact people in a positive way. And I feel like that is the type of energy and the type of work that is so much more necessary in today's day and age where uh, things just seem to be unraveling at a very fast rate. So to, you know, connect with people like you that maintain that strong, positive spirit, that faithful spirit, and continue to do work in your field and, and whatever, given your gift, it's extremely refreshing. And I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I've met you, man. And, uh, you know, before we get on out of here, man, I want to I want to give you a little bit of opportunity here to speak about anything that you feel like we might have missed, man. Like, I want you to just take this time to, if there's anything that you feel like we didn't get a chance to talk to, please go ahead, man. Well, I just want to let people know um, the kids book is out now. Um, Blessings off adults too. You can get it on all formats. Um, You can go to Amazon books a millions. Um, You can get it uh, from my website which is uh, mmcfaddenbooks.com. That's mmcfaddenbooks.com. Um, I have my new book coming out, and um, I'm, pre-sales should be ready by April, and the book should be out May or June, and that's called A Brother's Testimony. And basically what that is, man, is just a testimony about my life. You know, like I said, I tell real things, um, but I, I, t- I talk about my life. I talk about everything, um, going to jail, being in the military in California, um, I talk about domestic violence, um, me being the the, the, the abuser. Um, I go into my whole life. I tell life story. I tell I talk about the drinking and how God pulled me out. Um, so oh, those are the the things that I've had coming up. And like I said, hopefully, um, God willing, um, the end of the year, I'll have the new kids book out, um, Blessings Off the of Dogs 2, First Christmas. Um, and, um, you know, I just need the support um, for the book and to be able to give back to the um, to adoption community to help out. Another thing I want the people to know about the adoption state, too, and the reason that was so important for me um, to do it, too, um, every year. Um, when you look at these commercials that's on TV and you see these sad dogs, they only keep dogs, animals in shelters for a limited amount of time um, before they're euthanized. Um, each year, there's a half a million. No, um, let, me, let me reiterate that again. It's about, yeah, about 500, 600,000 dogs are euthanized a year. You understand what I'm saying? 600,000 animals are euthanized a year. Um, We're not going to be able to save them all. But uh, if you give that one chance to that dog, um, you know, definitely try and do that to go to adoptions, you know, to adopt an animal, man. Agree 100%, man. Um, Rescue dogs, they need that love, man. They need that love, that support, that... um, that structure in their lives, man. And and I didn't know that number, man, that you sharing that number is staggering, man. I, I had to, it made me gasp, man, but um, yeah, absolutely strong message, powerful message. And Hey, Maurice, man, I, I really appreciate you being on here, man, on the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. It's been a, an absolute pleasure, man, getting to know you, getting to, you know, share your story and, and, you know, get to know your work a little bit more. Looking forward to seeing more and more progress out of you, man, and, and what you're going to continue to do uh, by living in your truth, living in your li- living in the life that you're living, and sharing your work, man. Um, let folks know how they can reach you, man. Um, on Instagram, it's um, at author Maurice McFadden. On Facebook, it's author Maurice McFadden. Again, my website is mmcfaddenbooks.com. That's mmcfaddenbooks.com. Um, just hit me up. 
you know, on Facebook, you know, just like how I met you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, we inbox each other and, um, and, and we hear live now, you know what I'm saying, on the podcast. So, um, you know, this, 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 this outlet, man, is, is, it's a great thing to meet people all over the world, man. You know, but like I said, they can reach me on all those formats. And like I said, at author Maurice McFadden or author Maurice McFadden on Facebook. Bro. I appreciate the opportunity, man, and love. Big love, man. I appreciate you being here, man. And thank you for all that, man. Thank you for the is the wisdom, the information, you know, just the positivity. And uh yeah, it was it was a great conversation, man. And um before we get on out of here, man, to all my blessed beyond measure folks, man, continue to stay up, keep doing what you're doing, keep going, keep growing, and stay blessed. Big love to everybody, y'all. Peace. Hey.